Hello. I hope you can see me. Oh, you can hear me right now. I was very concerned there for a moment because it appeared that my <laughs> very high-level laptop device had appeared to, you know, forgotten how to stream, which was unfortunate. I hope my voice is not too bad. A little horse traveling. A lot of sick people stranded me on a plane, coughing, sneezing. You know the deal. Um, but I'm here. I'm feeling okay. Um, it feels like it's been years. It's actually been like... 10 days or something like that, which is, you know, very LNG that I would feel this way. I should have done vignettes where, like, I disintegrated, you know, none of those deals. Like Thanos had clicked his, you know, that would be good. I should have done those as, as sort of a meme, as the kids call it. But I did not do those. I do not have the, uh, the the planning or foresight to come up with such ideas. But I am back nonetheless. hope everyone is well. I hope the stream is coming through. Okay, let me check the chat. It looks like it's all good. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hang out for a little bit, talk wrestling, catch up on some stuff. There was a lot to happen when I was gone that I didn't get a chance to talk about, obviously. Um, the first night I was in Philly, uh, Jeff Jarrett debuted for the All Elite Wrestling promotion, which was quite the deal. Very sad we didn't have a grin along for that because um, that would have been a classic moment. But you get what you get, I suppose. Right. Let's get this catch. Uh, Let's catch this catch on let's catch up on the chat. Here we go. Well how oi oi the bing bong brav is but I don't know how I feel about the bing bong brav. It feels a little much. Um bing bong I've like it's accepted at this point, regret you know, kind of reluctantly. The bing bong brav is aggressive. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Return of the King. <laughs> Where have I been? I've been in uh, the United States of America on an excursion. Learning the uh, the territory style, you know, getting ready to work MSG and all that good stuff. So it's where I've been. Big man is back. Pop. JJ made a fiend reference. <laughs> the roughneck. <laughs> there you go. That was a cool deal. I believe, Hayes, you was there for the match at uh, Crystal Palace, so. I think we both saw the chemistry of Osprey on display there, so that should be fun. Um, this is good call. We should have video packages. Uh, Franco has cheered bits. Let me do this quickly. So, Hayes to resubscribe. The aforementioned Hayes to resubscribe with Prime. They've been subscribed for four months. All hell. Thank you so much, Pearl. He says all hell. Um, God bless. We appreciate you. And Franco, the always um, controversial Franco, has cheered 245 bits. Divisive on a Discord, maybe, but he's a legend in my book. Thank you, Franco. He says, welcome back, Joe. I miss you, bro. I appreciate it. I miss you guys, too. Um, some of you guys might have seen I had a thread on Twitter, but, like, I, uh, you know, the last few weeks, there's been a lot going on, like, for me personally. Not in terms of, like, you know, sort of shifts to anyone that was watching me from afar, but, like, in you know, up here, there's been a lot of things, like, try to figure stuff out and change things. So I can make this part of my life more kind of sustainable and fun. Um, and also get the grim back on track. You know, LNG has been all over the place the last few months because I've been all over the place the last few months. It has been some fun shows, but it's been, it's been a little bit dizzying and scatterbrained. So I have some ideas. I've been desperate to get to work on them. To be honest with you, I spent like a lot of my holiday just planning stuff and like, because I'm a fucking lunatic. Um, but 
I'm I'm excited. Like I I have a you know a renewed enthusiasm, which will probably only last me around six months or so. But we'll give it one last swing, you know, for at least we'll give it another last swing, and we'll see how we go here. Um, so. I've missed you guys, what I was saying, anyway. Oh, how? Have you got the, the American Sting Cough yet? Um, you know, I actually uh, I had a good time. You know, a, lot of, a lot of you will know that I, um, my God, hold on a second. Confused and over-resubscribed. We've probably been subscribed for five months. Thank you so much, pal. We appreciate you. He says the big man is back. I appreciate it. And a hype train has started. Uh, we're at 62% of the hype train. You guys will know that I'm not really aware of what that means. But I know that. You know, the higher the number goes, good thing, right? So, hype train, choo-choo, am I right? Um, you know, people that kind of talk to me, especially more closely, will know I was very anxious about the trip um, for a range of reasons that don't belong on a podcast, but I was very, very anxious. I don't like traveling in general. It just makes me feel, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who always thinks I've, lost, I've left something behind. I just, I overthink these things. But I didn't have a good time. Um, you know, the highlights of my trip were seeing a couple NBA NBA games and uh, the Rampage taping, obviously, um, which was really, really fun. So I had a good time. I, I got love for the uh, for, for our American family. Not the ones that do the Grim with, they're all assholes, but, you know, the general American folk, they seem pretty cool to me. I don't know. Uh, Austin Fury was fucking owned. I saw that. I didn't see it as in, like, watched it by. Um, I was aware of him being fucking owned, which was very funny. I don't really know what's going on there. Um, I think there's a chance, to be totally honest with you guys, that Triple H is just exclusively using the uh, the perception of theory to score himself like points over the online audience, which is very embarrassing, but I also think is absolutely possibly what's happening here. Um, it's weird to me how like, Overt is in making a point. Maybe he just thinks Fury sucks, but I'd kind of be surprised, honestly. Um, so it was pretty wild. I mean, I, you guys know where I'm at on the money in the bank in general. Like, I'm just, I that gimmick needs to just go away, man. Like, I, I think they've explored it for long enough. It's been 17 years now. <laughs> it's, um, hold up, let me make sure my, my shit is not working here. Can you guys still see me and hear me? My gimmick is being very odd. Hold on a second, folks. I'll circle back to where I was at in the chat. Am I coming through okay? My screen's showing me all, like, fucked up. All right, all good. Um, right, let me scroll back to where I was. Theory, yeah. I, I think Money in the Bank, it's time to let it go. It's been 17 years. You know, it, like, there's nothing left for that gimmick in my view. Oh, how big man is back. Thank you, Joe. Hope you're well. Um, wait, the double J thing actually happened. I thought I dreamed it. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's kind of get into the Jeff Jarrett thing and everything that comes with it. Because I actually think it's a really interesting topic. Like, obviously, none of us know, none of us are ever going to work alongside him. But I do think there's a very good chance Jeff Jarrett is good at the job that he is being positioned for. Um, he absolutely does strike me as a smart guy. And his experience is undeniable. Um now, again, we'll get into what that means in a second, but he's obviously, he's going to have a natural read on wrestling in the sense that he's forgotten more about wrestling than a lot of us will ever know about, right? Like, I think that's undeniable. I also genu generally enjoy him as a wrestling character, so I, you know, I will pop even somewhat ironically for his wrestling, so I don't mind that. 
However, I do think there is truth to the idea that there is like a perception hit that comes with him. Um, and I'm really intrigued how all of these things balance out. You know, Jeff Jarrett is, through for a range of reasons, he is symbolic of a very particular wrestling image and brand, you know? A lot of it's his fault, especially the Global Force thing. You can't really point fingers at Vince Russo for that shit. I mean, that was that was a catastrophe. Um, TNA, you know, you can look at it good and bad, is what it is. But he is seen as a guy who's kind of like the try-hard alternative dude, you know? He always was on the other team when the other team was getting the shit kicked out of them. And he's also a guy who the wrestling fan has always sort of debated how good he is. I think he's he was at least pretty damn good at his job, but that was always a debate, you know, and the overpush thing, and he's not he's not worth being a world champion, all that stuff. Um he's a really interesting case, genuinely. That's like my honest feeling on Jeff. Like I think there is a very real chance that he is like useful, both internally and he's fun on TV. That's always going to be subjective. I know a lot of you probably won't give a shit about one team, but he pops me just because he's like, you know, old school. Um, but I think it is undeniable that there is like a, there's something that comes with Jeff that whether it's his fault or not, a lot of it is, unfortunately, his fault. There is like a, a, a strange sort of um, scent that comes with him, you know? Like he's, there's baggage there that isn't even necessarily him personally, it's his reputation. So it, it's interesting, man. I, I don't know. I, um, We'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to the match at full gear. I'll just be real with you guys. Like, that's my shit. I don't think any of you will be surprised by that. Um, so, we'll see how it goes. But the house show thing is interesting, right? Like, a lot of the wrestlers want house shows, and I think you can run really interesting house shows. Jeff, um, if he can tap into, like, unique events, rather than just an AEW live event, like something that has, like, its own, you know, something to appeal to the live audience that you can tape and release down the line. And you get your wrestlers reps. I think it could be a good thing. So we'll set up. One of the ideas I had was what if you recreate like the Coliseum video vibe for AEW? So you take like basically non-canon, you do non-canon house shows, basically. You put them in the can and then you can release them in three, four months on a HBO Max. So you're still creating content, but you're also letting guys work in a more casual setting where hey, if the match sucks, we'll cut it, you know? You do weird things like a battle bowl weekend of house shows, you know, in smaller buildings or, or whatever it may be. Um, kind of quirky one-offs that we could eventually use for content, but for now it could be for reps and for, let guys just go out there and wrestle. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to kick around. There's different ways to do house shows, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I know technically that wouldn't be one, but I think Tony Khan is so desperate to compile hours of content. I, I don't know how, how keen he's going to be just do events for the sake of events, you know. Maybe you can kill two birds with one stone there. I don't know. Um, uh, Pop doing a personal crown jewel review of Twitter myself was really nice. Touched me a lot. Well, that rules. I have not seen yet um, the bulk of crown jewel. I only saw the first two matches. I saw Brock and Bobby, which I thought was actually pretty fun. I know it got kind of panned online, but I actually thought it was a good time. Don't know how I feel about Bobby turning heel, I have to be honest. I thought he was actually a real refreshing babyface. Um, but I get balance of roster and all that stuff, but well, it was fine. I thought the woman's tag was fucking like a blast. Like, I don't know what I saw. Um, 
I didn't see what Dave give it, but I saw that he described it as like excellent, which popped me huge because like I thought it was genuinely like a borderline four star match. Um, it was an absolute hoot. I haven't seen the rest of the show. I'll, I'll catch up on some of it, I'm sure, at some point. I might not. I don't know. But I was mostly trying to unplug. <coughs> um, Manny was flipping out in the in the voice chat when Jarrett debuted and immediately got mad when Cabana was Jericho's brother. I saw the tweets about Cabana, man. Like, the Cabana thing is incredible in so many ways. First, I'm going to get this out of the way now. I didn't think the match was as bad as, like, a lot of people did. I didn't think it was good. I thought it was, like, pretty rough. But I didn't think it was, like, a, you know, a disaster. Some of it was, like, it's the worst TV match of the year. I was like, fuck that. I thought it was, like, you know, just kind of, just kind of below average. It is funny that the match wasn't good. It is objectively a funny thing to do. Um, there is probably a conclusion to draw from it in terms of how much... And I know Dave said what he said, and God bless Dave, but like I think there's probably a fair conclusion to draw about how much power Jericho has and how much influence he has right now. Um, that will reveal itself to be true or false in the coming weeks, months, and years. I don't know. For what it was, it was pretty fucking funny. I mean, I didn't really need to see the match, but it was pretty funny, right? Like, but I love that Manny was mad about. Um, I appreciate this. I haven't seen anything from um, from the Green. I, the only thing I saw was a clip from. Uh, the only thing I saw was was the clip where Alex did the Bray Wyatt impression, which was, of course, wonderful. Um, Shout out to Franco, by the way. Also, cheated another 245 bits. Franco, you're the man. I appreciate it. He said, uh, thoughts on Tope and his hate of rats. I don't really know what the rat bit is. I saw it talk about a fetish. I was very uncomfortable with this. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, Tope is obviously a piece of shit. Doesn't have a webcam. Can't really be trusted. But, you know, other than that, he's a nice enough guy. Um, okay. I did not, yeah, Jinder lost to Braun in 90 seconds. 90 minutes is hilarious typo there. <laughs> Can you imagine? Braun and Jinder got 90. <laughs> um, Dave and Brian, every AEW review show. Uh, Bury the Jeff Jarrett stuff is hilarious. Jeff is, and this is the thing, I think he's such an interesting, like, case study, right? Like, I don't think they're wrong to have like this immediate negative response to him. I know a lot of you guys probably had the same response. Um, I just, it's really difficult for me to objectively say that anyone's wrong to feel a certain way about Jeff because so much of it is his own doing, you know? Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's hard to argue with people being like, Oh fuck Jeff Jarrett. I mean, that's, that's on him. Like, there's some wrestlers who get overpushed. You know, shit falls away, way, but, like, he was in control of his own career for so long that, you know, that's the perception of him. It's hard to argue with it. But I'll probably enjoy him on screen more than most people. It could get old very quick. I would probably stop the last outlaw bit because I think it looks like some indie cosplay shit. I'll just have him be Jeff, you know, but as long as we get the music, I'm probably going to pop. I'm not going to like you guys. I saw a lot of this about, you know, AEW kind of transforming into um, transforming into TNA. I think, you know, this is always going to be one of those things where it's like 
People react differently to that feel, that thought, based on what they think of and they think of TNA. You guys know that I have not got obviously positive like memories of TNA. They are definitely, and this is not necessarily a criticism, but I do think it's a fair conclusion at this point. They are definitely more alternative than competitor now. And I'm not saying they were ever going to overthrow WWE, but there was a stretch last summer where they did actually feel, to me anyway, like they were going toe-to-toe with them. They now feel like they're in their own category. And that is more sustainable, probably. I think that's probably a natural conclusion, a natural result, a natural end, you know, kind of position to wind up in. But that's where I would say those comparisons are going to become more and more, um, you know, regular, more prevalent. Is because I think that's a thing that we're watching happening. And now, look, we need an alternative. Don't take AEW for granted because we didn't have an alternative for a very fucking long time. But it is different, and you're going to slowly see that kind of feel different. For now, while they're not drawing big houses, AEW is still touring nationally, touring nationally on TV. And that was saying the Impact managed for a very, very short period of time before losing a lot of money. Um, their pay-per-view still do really good business, which is that TNA never really managed. So... You know, to be clear, there's still a huge gap there, right? But I will say this to your point, James. Whether it was performance art, it may have been. That particular segment with, um, you know, Jeff was like literal TNA, like tribute act wrestling, which I'm just going to assume was like that was the bit, um, which, you know, I respect. If so, if not, hilarious like coincidence, but you go, you go, I suppose. Um, yeah, he definitely, Jeff has got a very interesting relationship with timing. I would agree with that. Um, Punk takes Tony to court and Double J convinces him to give him the book. And then we talk with him real fucking grabs. Look, I'll say this, and I don't know if this is reporting because this is kind of out there and people have talked about it a lot, I think. So whatever, like, there was a perception in WWE that Jeff wanted too much influence and people weren't comfortable with it. So, do I think there is a chance that Jeff is going to wheel and deal and manoeuvre himself around the AEW front office? Yes, I do. I think it's a very good chance to happen. So, watch for that. That's a real thing. Developing story, you know. Developing story. Final Jerry having an office job, but I'm no interest in seeing him on TV. Very fair, Jason. Absolutely very fair. I'd imagine that's the consensus. It pops me, um, but that's absolutely fair. Um, the pay of you match should be good after that. I don't know if Jarrett should be getting regular dynamic appearances. That's probably, yeah. I, I don't think, even as someone who enjoys his act, I don't think he's saying he needs on TV regularly, especially with that roster, right? Like, it's hard enough to get guys on. Um, yeah, interesting. The American Nightmare, Bob. Uh, you excited for Fleet coming? Very much so, yeah, man. I I mean, I think those shows are going to be fucking awesome in terms of, like, the atmosphere. Like, they, I haven't people are ready for how hot those crowds are going to be, man. That's going to be electric. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. I'm excited. I'm, I'm definitely hoping to be there. The word is it's Wembley Arena, which is going to make the tickets an absolute fucking nightmare. They are going to go so quick. I was like, Craven Cottage never seemed likely to me because they're never on the market before. No, no, I could be wrong, mate. So I'm not like a good scoops or anything. But the word is, is everyone saying Wembley Arena? Wembley Arena is like 10,000 people, 12,000 maybe. Um, they're going to sell out really quick. 
and that is going to make tickets a, a nightmare. So I'm excited for him. I'm anxious to figure out what the fuck's going on. We'll see. Um, Braun Omos was a who, and he went nuts on Twitter. I saw that. Yeah, I think he was. Um, I don't know what the consensus was, but it seemed to me that he was having a few drinks on the plane and kind of got a bit carried away. Look, Braun's done fuck. We've discussed this before. I don't think the guy is like an Well, he might be an arsehole. I don't think he's like an evil piece of shit. I just think he's dumb. He doesn't appear to have learned anything from his time outside of WWE, which is unfortunate. But am I surprised? No. He just seems to be hilariously kind of oblivious and dense. So, oh, he pops me as a wrestler. What are you going to do? Um... Ingles Draws, creator of our best graphics ever. Resubscriber Prime and Miscribe for six whole months, says Bing Bong, Joe's back. Ingles, you're the man. He also gave out a community sub gift, which I never know what that means, but someone might go, hey, if you did get it, thank Ingles Draws. If not, someone might get it one day. I don't know what it means. Um, but thank you very much, pal. You're the man. Uh, thoughts on LA Knight versus Bray Wyatt that might build into uh, SmackDown. I saw the segment. Um, I like LA Knight, man. I know there's like a lot of pushback on him, and like he's a rock cosplay guy or whatever. People are like, I think he's a good promo. I think he gets over and knows what he's doing. I think he's just a good pro wrestler, and I mean that in like the traditional sense of the term. Like I know people now. I mean they take that as just like how good is he's wrestling. He's a solid guy. I remember. I just think he's good at wrestling. He shoots angles correctly. He knows how to cut a promo. He knows how to fucking portray himself. I thought he did it in the Bray segment. So I think the match would be good, absolutely fucking not. Um, it's a very good test to see what Bray can do against someone who is a grounded, realistic, professional wrestling character. LA Knight's character is he's a cocky piece of shit. He ain't supernatural or anything like that. So we'll see how it looks. Bray has been, from what I've seen, like it's been a wonderful encapsulation of his career in that it's all over the place. I mean, I saw one backstage pre-tour he did that I thought was excellent. There's music playing over the top of it, and he was looking at the camera, and he had, you know, the backstage um, <coughs> the backstage deal behind him, and I thought it was just a great promo. It reminded me of, like, an ECW TV promo. And then he does stuff with Uncle Howdy, and I don't even know what that is. You know, I know not say it's bad. I just don't understand it. Um, this segment, I thought he was good, but a little try-hard. I thought it stood out, obviously, LA Knight, who's kind of a smooth shit talker, you know? He can kind of light guys up in that setting. I think it's an interesting science experiment. I don't think it'll be good by any means, but I do think it's a fun, like, let's see how this looks with Bray. Because as I've said all along, at some point he has to be a wrestling character. I mean, it's great to have these ideas and, you know, you can just battle his alter egos on segments for a bit. At some point he's going to have to wrestle. Um, at some point I have to put your name on a poster, obviously it's someone else's, you know? And this will be an interesting test because he hasn't wrestled like a normal wrestler for four years, three years, whatever it is, you know? So... It'll be interesting. Prom vs. Ali woke up. I'll be honest with you guys. I was heated when I woke up to the news that Ali took Ray's place. I mean, I'm not like a huge Ali fan, but even if I was, bro, Ray, yeah, that shit, that's disgusting. Come on now. Have some respect. Uh, thoughts on rats in kitchens. Not ideal. Oh, here we go. Okay, Topo thinks Rat 2 is... All of the top 10 worst films. My God. Ratatouille is one of the top 10 worst films. That seems a little aggressive. Man. Aquaman talk. 
She's very exciting. Lots of film talk here. Um, Joe, your thoughts on how Joe turned on Wardlow? Um, well, they kind of set up on Rampage, right? I think they probably would in an ideal world would let it cook a little more. But I'm not going to criticize them that because they take so fucking long on some turns that I'm happy they just did something. Joe is very good at portraying those things. I thought the way he sold the deal on Rampage was awesome. Live, that was great theater because we were like side on. So you really had that willy won't he moment. Um, it's look, it is what it is. Sometimes you have to do things for the sake of the show. Joe is needed as a heel right now because they have no heels. It's going to be really hard to get people to boo Joe because people just respect and enjoy him. Um, he's actually been kind of quietly getting bigger reactions than Wardlow, I think, for the last couple of months. So it's going to be challenging, but he can cut great promos. I think that's the best thing about him turning heel is he'll be unlocked as a promo, which is really what he should be doing at this point. He's cutting promos and being, a, you know, an ass kicker in ring. Um, so I think it was solid. I mean, it was anything mind-blowing, but, like, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. I have some concerns about the in-ring because – you know, as a baby face, when he, when he settles into a heat segment and he tells the guy to grab a hold, he can still sell and emote. As a heel, when he's the one grabbing that hold because he wants to catch his breath, that could be a little bit less fun to watch. So I have some concerns about that. I'm excited to see him as a promo. The angle itself was solid. I like the setup on Rampage. Ideally, you'd let it cook a little more. But, you know, they want to do this triple threat, I assume, the pay-per-view, which would be good. So there you go. <laughs> Um, House of Black, an elite return at full gear will be awesome. I hope Mira will return too, or even Red Velvet. Hype for Darius to be out. The Darius thing was fun, right? It came out of nowhere. I didn't know it was that close. Um, the elite thing is interesting. I wonder if we're going to get the trios match to play if it feels like that right now. Um, House of Black, those vignettes are hilarious, incredible. Um, Miro will probably go back into a program with the House of Black, I guess. My assumption. Um, thank you, Tope Suicida. I appreciate you. Takeshita's back, yep. Look at this. Ingles draws his fantasy book in the Jericho Jeff Jarrett Alliance. <laughs> I respect it. Um, yes, the Smiths, Smiths have discontinued the. Uh, the AEW figures. Um, there was a, a thing about it where basically the, you know, the, the main like toy stores here are discontinuing. They're going to go for like independent stores. So, you know, it's hard. I actually think this is not really saying anyone is to hear me talk about for long, but I'll just get out of there because it, it interests me only. I think like, Wrestling companies need to rethink about who their audience is because I don't think many kids are buying AEW figures. And when I look at like comic book brands or like kind of nerdy niche brands and what they do with action figures, they very much lean into a more adult audience and go more like high end. Whereas wrestling figures are still like really kind of cheap and shitty. I think. AEW figures would be more successful if they went like full, like less action figure and more like, you know, display. Because most audience the buyers adults anyway. But what do I know? 
Nothing, clearly. I think they'll tour around the UK for a week. Bro, that'd be so bad with my wallet because I'd definitely talk myself into doing the tour. Because you know that Tony would do different matches, right? But you know, you know. Like, it's just, it would, I would like end up doing fucking flying out to Dublin to watch the Eddie Kingston Hobbs co main event or whatever, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, the Ethan Page thing is kind of, um, has kind of fascinated me. I have to be honest with you guys. Um, I agree with this that the, the, the Dan Lambert thing kind of hurt him and you need to rebuild guys more gradually. I do think some of the pushback has been kind of nuts, though. Um, if you're not into Ethan Page, that's fine. A lot of people aren't into Ethan Page that I respect the views of very much. But, like, I don't think it's, like, a criminal offense that he's a guy they want to use. I think there's a lot of reasons you'd want to use Ethan Page prominently. I like Ethan Page. You guys know this. I've been consistent on this for the longest. But I agree with that point that the push was not, you know, they should have built to it properly. But I also do think, like, it's a little bit hyperbolic the way people are, you know, like losing their shit over him winning a match on TV. It's like, Jesus, man. This, like, he's... I think he's a big to Hang on a second, folks. I should be back. Um, My bad, my, my internet's a bit messy today. My laptop's wake, feels like it's still waking up. It's unfortunate. Um... My God. Yeah, anyway. Ethan Page. Yeah, he's good. I like him. He's a good wrestler. If you're not interested in him, I understand that. But uh, I think he's good at what he does. He's a good heel. Hopefully I'm back now. Am I back? Okay, it seems like I'm back. My bad, folks. Hopefully this is just a weird one-off. I don't know. Pulls from your fantasy basketball match this week. I don't know who it is, but Chris, I'm going to assume it's you based on your comment in that. <laughs> in which case, you're a very intelligent fella, so I'm probably fucked. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree with this. I think it's pretty concerning for LA Knight's chances too. I would agree. That's a very fair point. Um, Survivor Series, that'd be fun, yeah. Um... You'll be a triple threat, Joe Wardlow and Hobbs. I'm convinced Joe will stay babyface. Jason says the same. Yeah, maybe that's the case. Maybe he's a babyface. He just was pissed off at Wardlow. That works. Yeah. I think he could he could easily pull that off. That's fine. And he, I guess yeah, Wardlow did kind of disrespect. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, do you think the Akiyama Singles. Oh, yeah. There's, there's been a lot of ways, right? Is the going to Junakiyama and Eddie in, on the pay-per-view? Um, I hope so. I'm not convinced. Um, it's definitely possible. I would say I'm not expecting it because I don't want to be upset if they don't get it. But you guys know me well enough to know that I am, like, all in. My favorite sub-genre of wrestling matches, like the weird slash all-star tag. This is both because Ortiz is in it. And it has, like... Three of the most awesome wrestlers in recent memory. I don't mean that's Dig Ortiz, but like he's just hilarious. He's in the match. He's so such a weird match. Um, he's really fun wrestler to be clear. But like, the other three, Akiyama is like genuinely one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Eddie Kingston is, you know, fucking Eddie Kingston. Takeshi is probably the most dynamic wrestler in the world. So, yeah, there's there's a lot there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, I wouldn't expect it. It's definitely possible. 
Um, Seems me from Page Talk. <laughs> this would be good. Eddie Kingston, Braun Strowman would be good. What's been his best match so far in AEW? As soon as it's about Ethan. By far the Derby match, right? The um, the Coffin match, by far. Other than that, there isn't a lot jumps off the page. He's certainly not a guy who's going to give you, like, quote-unquote bangers. I think he's just a good heel. I think we've, if he can sink his teeth into something for in terms of an angle or a program, I think he could be very, very effective. I probably wouldn't have him in. If I was to put together my ideal AEW roster, he probably wouldn't be a top three or four heel for me. But I would absolutely find a place for him. I think he's very good at what he does. Um, how the push has been set up, I think he's kind of objectively flawed in some ways. But I don't know. Some of it, I just think science is a bit traumatic when guys are like single on one person. I just think... There's this thing right now with AEW that I, I find to be kind of frustrating from a discourse perspective. And this is saying it's absolutely on me and it's why I'm going to try and avoid this kind of conversation moving forward, but I'll just get off my chest now. Like, rather than people just saying they don't enjoy the show as much, they want to, like, pin it on one thing, you know? Too much Ring of Honor. Why is Ethan Page being pushed? Why is... uh? I don't fucking know. Why is Jericho, you know, on the show? And it's like, there are some flaws with that show that are like baked in and you can plug people out and it's the same thing. And I just don't think people quite grasp that when they put all of their disinterest on like one thing. It's like, why don't we discuss the show's actual ingredients as a whole if, we weren't, if we're going to do the conversation? Personally, I don't really want to do the conversation. I'm tired of every week us doing like a whole, not us, I mean like the wrestling world doing a whole, like, big-picture look at All Elite Wrestling. Um, but I've noticed that a lot recently. Like, people, like, pinning it on one thing or one issue, one talent choice, one push, one result. And it's like, there are some problems I think the show has that are more, like, systematic than that. Some things on the show are, you know, we've just got used to the way Tony does things, and familiarity breeds contempt to me. It's one of those deals. Like, he certain... Quirks he has as a booker have like become more apparent, and they can grate on you a little bit. That's no different if it's Roosh and Ethan Page's spot. The matches might be half a star better. I don't know if they would be, but they might be. But I don't think it changes the core issues that Dynamite has for some people. That make any sense? Yeah. If you like the show still, you like the show still. I'm saying for people that don't like it. I've seen a lot of that recently. Um, yes, I agree. The sell of the push wasn't good. I don't think anyone could argue that. Um... It's pivot. Thoughts on Mia Yim joining the OC. I thought she was great. I mean, I love Mia Yim. Um, I think she's just a great talent. I was pretty hurt by the way her run went. It was very unfortunate. Yeah, it's one thing to sit the bench, but to do it while having your whole identity stripped away, I just thought it was a real shame. She left WWE with honestly very little boost to her notoriety and name value, which is always like brutal. That's the worst thing that can come of it. Um, she did a great thing, man. That six month contract was genius. Like, she could never could have realized how well that would work out. It was fucking awesome. Came back. Now she gets in a big-time program. Is it? I mean, I say big-time program. I know a lot of you are going to roll your eyes into it. But honestly, guys, believe it or not, if you don't watch Raw, this will sound crazy. The Judgment Day are the top heels on the show. <laughs> She's in that program, you know? I couldn't be happy for her. I'm absolutely delighted for her. So, Very, very cool. She looked great. She's tough. She's a perfect match for Rhea, you know? 
because she can fucking go and have a good match for her, but she's also, she has a physicality and a, a roughness. She was like, she can fight, you know. It's good shit. Can Mia get over in this feud if she just fought her for Rhea? Rhea's definitely the priority, but I definitely think Triple H is like an actual fan of Mia beyond just Winnie bodies that I'm aware of. You know, I think, I think she's going to be doing okay. Um, War Games seem to be Bloodline versus Brutes. Drew, Blonde Plus One. Kevin, probably, right? Who's winning the World Cup? I've got Brazil. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, it's one you, mate. I'll just... I'll say I'm pretty confident England aren't winning it. <laughs> that helps, I don't know. If Ricky walks out with the title, is, is, sorry, if MJF walks out with the title, is Ricky a good first feud or should he be the one who gets the belt after him? Man, I want to talk about this a little bit because I think this is so um, compelling, this situation they've got with MJF and John Moxley. I think this is this is going to sound a little weird, but just bear with me here. I think this is the most interesting, keyword, interesting world title match AEW has ever had on pay-per-view. Interesting. Okay? Now, here's for why. Firstly, I've loved the build. I know the firm stuff has been divisive, but I actually think it's added a certain sense of mystery to it. The way it ends could make me change my mind, and that's where I'm at now. Bear with me. The firm stuff, put that to one side. The element of this villain idea that Moxley and Regal explored with their feud was, I always loved it then, and I love it now. The promos on Wednesday were fucking incredible. Max's promo on Wednesday is why I get so mad when he comes out and calls people fat. That dude is incredible when he's on, man. That promo was perfect. He built Moxley up. He stayed himself as a character. He continued to walk that middle ground between Babyface and him. It was just perfection. And I thought John Moxley was every every bit as good with his live promo. That promo was unbelievable. The little history lesson element. This idea that he set a parallel between where he was against Regal to where Max is now against him. It's great. And what makes it so interesting, go back to that word, is I don't know what they're going to do. Is Regal going to pick MJF? Is MJF going to do it the right way only for Regal and Moxley to turn heel and cheat to win? Is MJF going to just win? Is MJF worst idea of all? Is MJF going to go back to the firm and it was a plan all along? Is Stokely going to give MJF an option with the ring and he takes that option and takes the easy way out and reunites with the firm? Is someone else going to get involved? You know, we're going to see some kind of new pinnacle form. Um... How does this play into the idea that the Blackpool Combat Club is kind of imploding? Is that relevant in any of this? It's just great stuff. And I I give Max a lot of shit for a lot of things he does as a character. It is impossible to argue his track record. His free builds for pay-per-view this year have been the best builds they've done all year. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Funk, Wardlow, and now this one. He's prolific in that regard. There is depth to this character. Are we going to develop it in a way that's dramatic or is this a moment where he goes back to, to develop it later? You know, the comparison of Rock turning heel in the, uh, whatever the fuck it was called, Survivor Series 99. Um, Survivor Series 98, right? Whatever that tournament was called, I forget what it was called. But, um, you know, the idea that he goes back to the dark side here and that makes it even bigger deal when he turns later. Like, there's just so much. I think it's one of the best built pay-per-view matches I've ever done. In terms of the world title itself, it's probably the least predictable one they've had. Like, it's actually like really got my interest and my capture my imagination. Um, 
it's just great wrestling. It's it's awesome. And I the rest of the card, like I'm not like super pumped for a lot of it, but like that match has got my my brain thinking like where do you go here? What's the best way to do this finish? What's the where should they leave this thing? So on and so forth. I just think it's really, really compelling. So to answer your question, Franco, the reason I bring all this up is that makes that actually that few being so unpredictable elevates the tournament. Because we don't know what's going to be the deal. If MJF's going to win the belt as a babyface, Ethan Page is going to win the tournament, right? If Ricky Starks wins, it could be either or. They could do a babyface program with Max. He could work Max, who's just returned heel. Either of them can work Moxley. So it's like it elevates the tournament by being so unpredictable. Um, it's fucking awesome. So I, I think Ricky, if I was booking personally, I think I'd go with Max as a babyface. He can always go back to the dark side later, but I think it's, I think you got to go with a hot hand sometimes. And I think they've got something with MJF. You guys know he's not my personal favorite. That's not what it's about. I'm giving you my objective view on it. I think I should go him as a babyface. He doesn't have to be a white meat babyface. He can be like The Rock, you know, a shit talker. Um, but I would go with Max as a babyface. I would go with, um, with Ricky. And I would begin this pairing. MJF, Ricky Starks, I begin to mold that as my, you know, my big time for you. And they do a match at Winter is Coming. You go back to it next year, you go back to the year after that. And eventually, that's your all-out main event, wherever it may be. Start developing that kind of in-house feud. And I think you've got something special there. But I'm in, way into it. I think if, if there was a time to have a big pitch to AEW, it's probably now because it's been a tough past six months. It's up and down for me. I think there's. I don't think the show is as good as it was last year, but I still think it's also like regularly very fun. I don't think you're wrong to say like it, the time will be now. The issue with that is we've we've had we've done it so many times. And it's just like it's just exhausting at some point. Um, you know, I'm happy to have the conversation, but everyone is so firm in their position. It just isn't any fun, which is why I ultimately generally avoid it, especially on social media. It's fucking dreadful. So. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation we had, but I'm certainly not going to do it on on a Saturday night. There's two stories in AWTV I'm cold on right now. Lethal Verse and JAS BCC Infinite Loop. But I like the other stuff, like Mox, MJF, and Tag Title scene. Still been to those a little bit. So the Lethal thing, you got my complete agreement because he's just... Look, folks, I don't want to do the thing where it's like putting the other stuff aside because that always feels like such a horseshit way to talk about like, real issues. But, like, he's just... The way the crowd reacts to these matches at heel is so striking. As a babyface, he was over. I think it's just an issue. He's just very bland. And his heat segments are exhausting. So I'm with you on that. The Jarrett thing gives me a pop. I'm with you. The JAS... JAS BCC thing is a, is unfortunately the latest in a long line of that issue for Jericho. I mean, folks, seriously, it was nearly six months ago they did Anakin in the arena. I mean, it's just at some point you have to move on. The Brian and Sam match was really good this week, but like, I just want to see Brian wrestle other people now. I've just had enough of it, you know? And I know the four way is going to be great, but it doesn't interest me because I don't care anymore. I've had enough. I want to move on. I also don't like the way that Sammy, if it was like Sammy's kind of taking Garcia's place in the program. I don't know if any of you guys feel that way. I don't like that particularly. Um, you know, I understand why. Like they want to, they've invested stuff in Sammy and they want to kind of rebuild his image and stuff. Like he's did a good job. I thought his performance on Wednesday was really strong. 
Um, but like, he's become like the centerpiece of the angle out of nowhere, and I just I don't really have any interest in such a thing. So, whatever. Um, yeah, I saw this too. Yeah, SmackDown had a five way, a six way, seven woman match, and I'm on contender. When I'm on contender matches, four months in a row. Yeah, just do multi women's. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that division's rough, man. I don't know. I don't know what the best suggestion is there. Uh, Meech, resubscriber prime, the misscriber five months. Meech, we love you, you old fucker. I'm just kidding. We love you, Meech, you're the man. Uh, Hook my right. That one was interesting. I like that. This is true. Judgment Day has been very effective, guys. It's kind of crazy, but it's true. It was good, Dion. It was a good time, mate. I enjoyed it. Um, New York is very much not my kind of place. And I do not say it as a criticism of the place, but it is just so all action, you know? Everyone's fucking charging about. It's just not my vibe at all. Um, I knew that going, so it's not like I was surprised by this. Like, it's like London on steroids. But, you know, I got to see some things I was happy to see. Like, we got to the... Uh, I went to Nets Knicks on Wednesday. And we got there, like, really early, like an hour and a half early. Um, and we got to see KD's warm-up. And I look, man, like, I'm not, like, a Kevin Durant super fan, but I just like watching great fucking artists do their thing, you know? And watching that dude get to his spots and just knock down shots, he's just so smooth. And he was doing this drill from the free-throw line where they would give him the ball and he would, like, do a 360 spin and then just wherever he would... When he would stop, he would just shoot the ball immediately. It was like... Watching that dude work and then watching him put it into practice in the game, it's just, I could watch shit out all day, man. It's poetry in motion, you know? So, highlights for me with the basketball and the wrestling, but, you know, we did a lot of sightseeing, which definitely a thing I enjoy doing. All right. Who should I push as women's champion TW? Uh, Julia or Jamie Hayter? Bro, Julia is monster star power. <laughs> like, could be like an actual crossover if, like, the right people found her. The don't watch wrestling. She's like has enough star presence and vibe that you could like. She'd be the kind of wrestler who you'd see a tweet with like twenty thousand likes and you'd be like, "Who is this person? I need to get to wrestling." <laughs> Jamie Hayter is also too. You can't go wrong, but to be more interesting, I say Julia. Um, I like this. I don't think they've interacted about MJF and Mox. I don't think they've interacted face to face since Dynamite after all that. It's been, it's been such a unique and different build. Genuinely, have really enjoyed it. Kind of the match. You and me both, brother. Deadly games, thank you, Jeff, for the tournament. Um, if MJF turns face, who turns heel because they're short there? Well, I assume Cole will be back soon. Um, yeah, Cole will be back soon. Maybe Joe's turn, we don't know yet. Um, fuck, man, it's difficult. The King thing continues to loom. We'll let that play out. I think there's a real... I think there's a real argument you turn John Moxley. Um, which I feel is weird saying it, but I genuinely think it's like an argument it's the right thing to do. I don't know. You're right, though, man. It's hard, but sometimes you have to just tunnel vision, you know? Like MJF, he feels like the guy right now. Like, again, you guys know this isn't a biased thing because I'm not like a huge fan, but it's hard to argue about over that guy is. And I think sometimes you can go against the grain in a way that can hurt you in a big picture. Like, go with it. He may connect big. You know, it's a lot of truth to what you're saying about who he can be for that promotion. He's very special. Let's see. 
Um, yes, Regal Finley, unsensed ninety six. You should also also um, seek out the uh, the uh, the the parking lot brawl they have on Nitro. That's a good time too. I did not see that Shayna broke Neto's nose, no. Yeah, I agree with this. Fuse Nova says, if Sammy was replaced, if Sammy replaced and got here was the storyline, it'd be great. But it just feels like TK is the one pushing Gus here aside. I think there is, I think Jericho, with his increased power, has made an effort to re-emphasize Sammy and get him back in the game. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's his guy. He loves him. He, want, he believes in him as a talent. He wants people to see what he can do. That's why the Brian matches out. And Brian obviously likes working with him, clearly. Um, and that's what you're seeing happen right now, to be totally honest. That's my, that isn't a scoop. That's an educated guess at best. Could be an uneducated guess, depending on who you ask. But, um, yeah, that's where I'm at, personally. Meech, I was so insulted when Young Dukes told me that he actually fought he would be taller than me. Young Dukes is like four foot eight. You know, all cap size. Very funny though. I didn't realize the photo was going to have my feet in it, but the idea was that when he said that to me, I said, I'll kayfabe it. You know, which is restless speak, by the way, guys. You know, so I crouched, but I didn't realize my feet would be in the photo, which made it look even funnier because it looked like I was doing some sort of pose, you know. I wasn't. I was just trying to look, make him look tall, but you know, kids can't crop these days, I guess. You get what you get. Have a good night. Don't have an app. I hope you will, pal. Um, okay, the Rocky statue situation. So here's the deal, right? I fucking okay. Look, I'm just gonna get this. I have to just. I have to just be sincere here. My brother loves sightseeing. You know, he loves it. He loves going to this place, taking a picture of it, and moving to the next place, taking a picture of that. I don't fucking like it. I don't get nothing out of this. Don't enjoy anything about it. But I do love the Rocky movies, particularly the original Rocky movie. I think it's a masterpiece. I actually saw Rocky the Musical uh, in Philadelphia in the oldest theater in the United States, which was very cool. So I kind of convinced myself, yes, I will be walking for four and a half hours around aimlessly looking at the Liberty Bell and fucking buildings that I have no interest in. But we'll get to the Rocky bit, you know, that'd be fun. Listen, folks, what I'm about to say is not an indictment. I respect the hustle, but this is I have this is hilarious. A gentleman has decided to make the Rocky statue his grift. So what brother has done is he's bought himself a Rocky hoodie and a Rocky hat. He's put himself in front of the Rocky statue and he has made this his business. So people come up, he takes the photo for them and asks for tips. This dude was making a killing. He was shuttling people in and out of this Rocky statue for fucking all day. Everyone's giving him 20 bucks, 30 bucks to take these shitty pictures of them in front of the Rocky statue. I barely even saw the fucking statue. I saw the statue, had a bad picture taken, money left my, my, my wallet. And next thing I knew, we were gone. It was quite the adventure. It was quite the adventure. And look, I know, but you know, I'm not, like I respect it on some level. I don't give a fuck, man. Who cares, right? 
I'm certainly not going to argue with the guy. I kind of respected that he bought a rocky fucking hoodie. At that point, I was like, I mean, you know. Um, it was funny. But yeah, I, you know, that stuff's... In all seriousness, the statue's kind of bad, which is very funny. Um, you get what you get. All right, let me scroll up here. God bless. How's your experience watching um, an AEW show live compared to watching at home? Dark is a hilarious experience live. Anyone's never experienced Dark, especially on a Rampage night. The way they just have guys walk out to the ring is like... For people that aren't as like in on the on the way the shows work, it must be so confusing. I actually... Um, there's a basketball podcast I listen to called Through the Wire. You guys might, Some of you guys are probably aware of it. And they were talking about how like... I guess they're friendly with Garcia. And he got them tickets to Dynamite. And they were like really confused at Dark. They were like, is this the whole show? Like guys are just walking out with no entrance. <laughs> and then when the show starts, like, oh, these are the pros. They were like amateurs or something. They're so confused by the idea of it. Um, that is a thing I can imagine being an issue. I was watching some kids react to Dark. And I was like, fuck, man, this is, <laughs> this is weird. But um, I had a blow. I mean, I had got so lucky. Like we got Moxley. We got Eddie. We got a Joe Main event, which I found about the segment before it was on, which was fucking awesome. Um, we've got Shibata. Come on, man. That's ridiculous. So it was awesome. TV wrestling is always going to be weird to me because I kind of think, and this is going to sound dumb, but like there are certain ingredients to TV wrestling that to me are kind of inherently not what wrestling is in the sense that like you have a completely empty side of the building that every wrestler has to work towards. And that will always be weird to me. Like, it will never make sense to me, but it's the way it works when you haven't got a full house. Like, it's just weird. You know, everyone has, like, these such set pieces for the cameras. And it's just, I don't know. TV wrestling is so manufactured in a way that I'll never, like, fully love the way I'll love a house show or whatever. Um, AEW's weird in that it doesn't really have its own, like, live production at all. Like, you know, if you go to some, like, you know, events, even wrestling brands, like, they have their own like style of production live, like certain hype videos and things and like trademark plays, get people rocking. AEW just like plays like a couple of ads and they go, here we go, dogs on, you know, like it's, it's very much to the meat of the action. Like it's, it's different that way. So I didn't have any big takeaways about the way they did the event, but it was fun just seeing, you know, great wrestlers in person. I, I love live wrestling. So it was a pleasure. And, you know, got to tick a few guys off the list, saw Wild Thing live. That entrance is awesome. So, had a blast, brother. I think a full BCC heel turn could be very intriguing with the bonus for setting up King versus Claudio. I like that. That's actually really fun because I was about to say that I wasn't sure about the Claudio part of it, but now you've talked me into that too. That's good shit, bro. I like it. A few people have said this. JJ said it about uh, the Skip Bayless pose. It was not what I was doing. I was just trying to make Deuce look taller. He's very, very small. Legit like four foot two. Like insanely small. Um, the first thing I said to Dukes was that I thought I'd spotted him earlier in the night, but it was just a kid in, in a pram, which was unnecessary upon reflection, but I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I saw Manny's tweet. Yes, I'm all in on the Eddie match, man. It's the fucking coolest. I can't wait to see it. Do you know how Kiyama is on? I actually might do a grin along next week with some Akiyama matches because he's um, like a, an all time great. You know, so seeing him lock him up with King, tremendous. 
SmackDown last night is the 10th highest SmackDown of all time on Cage Match. Thoughts? I can see it, but that sounds fucking awesome. Was it Usos and New Day? Was that was that the match that everyone loved? Let's see what the ratings were. I want to watch the Usos match, probably. Um, one second, folks. I want to see... Jay Usos got 6.8. Go fuck yourself, Cage Match. That's an 8.83. That's pretty cool. I've got to watch that. Uber's match got 6. Escobar and Shin's got an 8. God, who says no, they went 23 minutes. What was the main event? Braun? I don't know what the main event was. I don't know. It looks kind of crazy. There's that rain, but respect. Um, yes. Statue is terrible. I agree, Topo. Yes, Papa Dukes did. He went in for the scissor, and Dukes can tell you if he won't be surprised. Anyone will be surprised. It's not so. I was, I was uh, experienced in. You know, we kind of had a miscue. We we fixed it. Um, shout out to Papa Dukes, legend. Legend. We had a hell of a time, man. It's fun. Fun seeing young Dukes. Small as he was, I could just about hear what he was saying. But no, nah, I'm just playing. Dukes is Dukes is very good, especially for a kid of that age. I mean, for an eight year old coming on these podcasts. Right, I can't compliment him about burying him. It's terrible. We like Dukes the late night cream. Don't listen to the rumors. Dirt sheets are wrong. Seamus came back. War game set up. Thank you. I appreciate you. Um, that's awesome. I like Seamus. Um, <laughs> yes, man, he is an artist for sure. Right. Is there anything else we didn't talk about? Is there any other things we need to catch up on, folks, before I get out of here? Um, so late night grin and all that good stuff basically here's what you can look for there will still be grin alongs I want to keep the Wednesday grin along in particular um, but we're going to go back to something vaguely um, scheduled and structured in terms of the content Basically, what I want to do is I want to get more to make more content that is like good podcasting. I feel like drive and listen because the grin alongs suck for those. They're fun as a live experience, but like I want stuff that's more kind of sustainable. So there's going to be a, an AEW podcast alongside Fed Dead Redemption. It's not going to just be me, but I can't name people because I haven't reached out to them yet. So it's going to be Fed Dead. There's going to be an AEW podcast. There's going to be a show with Jay Shell and myself that is literally just going to be called the Jay Shell and Joe Show, where we just talk about whatever topics interest us that week. Um, Jay Shell is going to be back very shortly. So that's the thing that will be happening. And also, um, fuck, where else was the. I forget. I was saying else I, I, would, I had very like loosely penciled in. Historical Oracle will be back whenever, um, whenever the great man is ready to watch more. Perhaps, you know, I'm always happy to have Oracle, but giving Oracle his time because he was he went crazy for a while there and did a lot of shows. So I'm glad to see him just kicking back for a little bit. But it'll be uh it'll be back eventually, I'm sure. So basically there'll be three shows that you can expect weekly as well as the grin itself on Thursdays. Um I'll still do grin along stuff, there'll still be loose shows where I just hop on, but like 
I want there just be some podcast content. I also want to cover the shows more more closely in terms of pay-per-view and stuff. I did that very well for six months. Hit the wall, stopped doing it. Within reason, I want to review hard times, but I don't want to get back to reviewing like impact shows and you know, wherever else. Because I do think you can lose your mind focusing on one promotion or one thing. I think it's bad for your uh, for your grin, so to speak. So so yeah, this, basically there'll be a few shows you can rely on each week for podcasts. We'll still do the grin along. Um, trying to think what else I, uh... oh yeah. And then rest of periods, uh, you know, you guys are all going to know where I'm going with this. So I'll just say, cause who gives a fuck, right? If someone steals it, they steal it. Who cares? Um, you know, the rest of period side of things is a lot of stuff behind the camera and like, just trying to do something that is, I don't want to say substantial because it's wrestling ultimately, right? Who gives a fuck ultimately? But I actually think there is a response to wrestle purists that's very interesting. And I think what it is, is I think we have an audience and a team that is indicative of a general feel about where wrestling media is at. And it's this sense that we want to do stuff differently. And as you're seeing the different shows that are forming on there, that doesn't mean we're, all of our approaches are different. We just want to do our own thing. So there are certain things that I find interesting. You guys know we have a lot of fun. I come on here. Let's do a depth chart. I think we need to have that, you know. And I've, Monty and I talked about it. Monty was already on the idea, so he didn't like he stopped me. But we just never committed. But I want to get WrestleCruise to the point where if you go on ESPN and you're on the NBA section, you can go through every team in the fucking league and have their depth chart, you know. Projected depth chart for AEW, WWE, New Japan, whoever. I think that's just, I think that's awesome. Um, I think scouting reports are awesome, you know? Um, like the idea of fucking Monty having like a pros and cons list for Tiffany Stratton, or the idea of Monty better yet having an NXT big board, where it's like in order of who should be called up next, you know? Um, there's so many different things. Free agent report. You know, using the way other medias focus on their sport and spinning that into wrestling, using the way media covers other art forms of entertainment and spinning that into wrestling. Wrestling media is very bare bones. I don't say it with any hate or dismissal. I just like, I think I can speak on it. I've been in the game long enough. I know it works, you know? Um... So, like, yeah, that, and, like, look, man, I'll be real I'm proud to be a part of that squad because I know that none of you will like every person on that website. That's part of why the website rocks, because everyone's different and has their own takes. But you can't say that site's not different for wrestling media. You know, there's a lot of different voices on there that would not be on, you know, Mike Johnson's site or fucking Wade Killers or whoever. Like, So I'm proud of it. I am very, very thankful for... Um, Monty's faith and confidence in me and uh, I, I want to contribute, you know, and I want to be a part of this, this make this site whatever we want it to be. And it's had different ingredients that will make us stand out. And I think even if it's inside baseball and it's nerdy stuff, there is an audience for that, you know. Um, in addition, I want to write more. You know, I have this this book thing that I'm working on and I'm, I've got the, the outline pretty much set and I've wrote quite a bit of it. 
and I'm going to take my time with it and chip away at it. Um, I want to do 30 years of the real world's champion, which would mean that I would, this would be summer 2024 because that'd be 30 years um, since Shane Douglas threw down the NWA world style. A complete timeline of who the wrestling world's real world champion was from that moment with write-ups about each reign, with a fake timeline for the belt, with a lineage. Whole deal. So I'm chipping away at because I want to get that. that wants, I want to do something that's like tangible, you know. So I'm going to be doing that. I want to be writing match reviews regularly. So I'm going to post the grin. Sometimes it'll be a classic match. Sometimes it'll be wrestle curious if it's something I'm proud of and I think is like relevant. Because classic matches don't even on wrestle curious, you know. But uh, yeah, man, just do different stuff and like go with it, kind of just roll with it. Like I don't, I don't want to be rigid in terms of I have to watch Raw or whatever. I just want to take in different wrestling, write about it, talk about it, have fun with it. Continue to focus on the community community element, which we haven't, um, you know, we haven't uh, given up on by any means. You know, it's just like it's hard sometimes because being in touch with everyone is great, but what comes with that is difficult because then you're like connected to the kind of daily discussion of everything, which is really difficult if you do like if you talk about saying a lot and you follow the discord the discourse very closely you can really lose yourself. And I've done it many times. You have to be careful with that. You know, like I have a few rules for myself for this shit. It's like, try to have a fresh, just try to come in things with a clean slate. Best you can. See, no one can do it every time, right? Like sometimes you just don't like a guy, you don't like the match. But try to have a clean slate. And the other thing is, and this is saying that anyone who talks about rights by wrestling, this might be useful to you. If not, I'm just talking myself, but I'm out. Ask yourself this question. This may help you as a fan too. I think it's important. What's the damage? And what I mean by what's the damage is I don't want to get mad on a podcast about the result of a match that could ultimately have no effect on anything at all. You know? Because I perceive it to be bad in the moment. It's just silly. Now, if I think a guy's just been killed off by the result of a match, then the damage is pretty fucking sizable. I can, <laughs> I can get worked up about that. If you always said, what's the damage? You take a deep breath. You can try and keep your head in this game. I haven't always managed it. I've certainly lost my way at times. But there's a couple of rules that I set myself to try not lose my mind. So being involved in the conversation risk every day makes that really, really difficult. You can work yourself into a lot of different scenarios that aren't healthy for you. So sometimes I leave something like the Discord, not because I don't love the Discord and the guys in it. I do. I was in the voice chat a lot. Um, but like... It's hard because you're right in the midst of the conversation. Like you're seeing everyone's different opinions and you're reading all of the general debates. Like you can lose your fucking mind doing that, man. Like it's hard. So that's why sometimes I hop out of those. Like Twitter is, I think, going to do us all a favor and kind of fucking implode, which will, you know, be for the best. Um, you guys have probably noticed that I retweet much about wrestling on there anyway. So yeah. So, you know, I just, I'm trying to keep straight. Just straight ahead, bro, you know, trying to lose myself in this shit. I, I never wanted to be, uh, I see people do it, man, you know. Like, I see people just lose their fucking minds doing this stuff. I've seen myself do it. And I just, I never wanted to work path. So I, I'll, you know, adjust accordingly sometimes. And 
you make good choices and bad choices. But like, I definitely don't want to be the guy who, um, and this is like, I'm not saying this is, a, but I've flirted with this a lot in recent months, but I do not want to become the guy who hates wrestling and talks about it a lot. And I know Shoot makes jokes about it, but like, that is not what I want to be. I know sometimes we all make our jokes, wrestling's bad and stuff. It's like, I just can't deal with being that dude. Like, wrestling is fucking awesome, man. Like, I, I love wrestling. Part of loving wrestling is you get frustrated with it sometimes. I don't want to be the guy who comes in here and puts a love heart up and says, man, wrestling's killing it right now. I'm not, you know, I want to be a fucking phony. You know, I don't want to do wrestle joy. But I love wrestling. I mean, it's the, it's the fucking best. It's such a weird beast, you know? And I, I just, I don't want to lose myself to this kind of bizarre thing. So many, so many folks do. And it's, it, I've seen myself go through it. It's, it's scary sometimes, you know? Um, so beyond all else, I want to do my thing and, and have fun with it. There will be more structure because I think it's important for you guys as the viewers to have that. It's important for me to have that as a creator. Um, see, man, let's just have fun with this shit, you know? And like, this just fucking, this embrace wrestling for what it is, where it can be, where it could be. But when we're being critical too, it's not just, you know, just fucking throw out all logic and sense to be assholes. You know, that's not, that's not, why, that's not where I started this. It's not why I got an audience of the distraction. Thankfully, I don't want to become that. So try to keep in the right headspace is what I'm getting at. So I'm, uh, I'm excited. There's a lot to like in wrestling. There's a lot to dislike in wrestling. We can talk about both of that being toxic or, you know, enraging. Um, there's a lot of things to look forward to. We've got full gear next week, so we'll have some coverage about this week. We've got war games. If, assuming Alexa Bliss stays in war games, I'll have to do a 24-hour stream, which is fucking hilarious um, and could kill me legitimately. And as we kind of said, you know, next month we've got a couple of specials planned, which I'm really excited about. Like, I've sold you guys this before, but I'll just put it out there again. Like, we're going to do a Christmas special where basically what my idea is, we're going to have everyone who's part of this family, this Grin kind of collective, all 28 of them at this point, we're going to have them on for a Grin along. You know, so there'll be like five matches. and It'll be on the screen for you guys. And, you know, one will be myself, Manny, and Dukes. One will be myself, Shoot, and Alex. One will be myself, Tope, Chris, whoever. And it'll be like a compilation of those matches. And in between will be like a Christmas message from the Grinners, you know. And uh, we're going to release that like on Christmas Day. If you guys have pre-recorded edited together. And it was like a thing that, you know. I always like there being some content on Christmas Day and stuff. I don't know. Some people have, to, you know, shit's hard sometimes, man. Some people are that stuff alone. So I always like to have that content out there. So we know Christmas special. There's another special that I'm not going to talk about yet because I don't know, you know, if it's out there or not. But there's another year-end special with a return of a very popular show. That'll be fun. We're going to have the Golden Grinnies again on the grin. So, you know, man, there's, there's a lot going on. And then New Year... We'll do a, we're going to do a grin along for Wrestle Kingdom. Shoot, and I've already booked that. We're probably going to do a grin along. I'm going to do a grin along, I think, for the Shinsuke uh, Noah show. So there's a lot. 
there's a lot happening at all times. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I'm real mad that I got ill on the way back because I was like really going to dive in and go crazy. You can tell my voice is like fucked up. But I'm still putting it go nuts because I just want to get on this 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 direction, man. I want to get fucking, want to get back on track. You know, I feel like it's been such a weird few months. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really, really excited. Uh, plans for the grin this week. Is it's American Thanksgiving? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm too busy playing Christmas specials. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate all the support. A lot of guys, people reached out to me. Um, Shout out to SugarTube too, who fucking sent me like spending money for my trip. Like, bro, that's like insane. You don't realize how nuts that is. Like, you know, if you do this shit for as long as I've done it, you're thankful to have an audience. I think you guys know I'm thankful. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know, just saying that I am. But like, the idea that this connection is deep and just you watch me and like I read your name in the chat is fucking insane to me. Like, it's like, it's jarring sometimes, you know? So, um, you know, I don't know sometimes like when I get mad at the show and stuff, it's like, oh, don't take it so seriously. It's like, no, I do take it seriously because people spoil this shit with their money. It's fucking ridiculous. It's, it's a dipshit wrestling show. So, um, yeah, I appreciate everyone who reached out. I appreciate everyone who said they missed me for a fucking week, which is wild because I miss you guys. Um, I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. I want to give this thing a real push, you know, like I want to do right by Monty. I want to do right by the guys in the grin. I want to do right by you guys. I just want to kind of want to do some stuff that's uh, this significant, you know? Some stuff that maybe one day people will remember fondly. That'd be nice for me. So that's what I'm looking to do. All right, folks. All right. I appreciate you all very much. Um, I'll be back. Very shortly, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday, I don't know. We'll let it play out, right? The new shows will be coming into effect very soon. Tell me if you have certain ideas for full gear, like what kind of content will full gear. Tell me, because I'm intrigued to do some of that stuff. And maybe special shows or anything you have an idea for full gear, just tell me. We'll, we'll do a preview. It may be on the green, it may be a separate show. Obviously, we'll review the show too. But if there's any like weird kind of um, you know, novelty shows for full gear, tell me and I'll try and figure it out best I can. So um Yes, Full Gear Head, Survivor Series, War Games, bunch of stuff coming up. We're going to set into a new schedule soon. We're going to close the year out in style. It's been a crazy fucking year, man. My God, it's been crazy. But uh, I've learned a lot. I hope I come out of it stronger. <laughs> come out of it alive, well. <laughs> and uh, we'll see how we go. All right. I appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Keep grinning. All hell. And I'll see you on the next one. God bless.